When we launched Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast in May of 2018, our second episode was titled How to Calendar. We have repeatedly referenced that episode over the last 78 and gone back to it time and time again. If you are new here, welcome. We started this podcast to educate, encourage, and expand understanding for parents and teachers of students with different learning profiles through growing awareness of educational therapy, individualized strengths, community support, coaching, and educational content. On this podcast, we do many training episodes like this one, and we've designed the podcast through series so that if you're primarily interested in one series, you can go to our website and easily find all the episodes associated with that series. Our website is www.learnsmarterpodcast.com, and while you're there, we invite you to sign up for our email list so you can get our weekly emails that include our freebies or bonus thoughts on each episode. When we talk about calendaring in our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes, we have really lively conversation. Everyone has ideas about calendaring, which is why we're bringing you this episode. This episode is for next level calendaring. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 78 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we're talking about calendaring like a pro. Here we are. It's been a few weeks since we've talked about Rachel's calendar. She went to try having her week start on a Monday because she had it on Sunday because that's the default in Google Calendar. Mm-hmm. So you were going to try it for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And what's the update? So the way this all started was I saw Steph's calendar and I was like, whoa, it starts on Monday. And I threw it into our Facebook group, the Smarties of the Learn Smarter podcast, and everyone started their calendar on Monday. (laughs) So I agreed to the two-week trial. This is the second time I've done a one or two-week trial for something having to do with the calendar. If you've been a long-time listener... I did a trial of switching over from iCal to Google Calendar app on my phone. Bonus, I went back to the iCal app because on the Google Calendar app, you couldn't change the calendar you put something on. And that really bugged me because I make that mistake a lot. And so I did. I changed everything. I changed my computer to start on Monday and I changed my phone to start on Monday. I gave it two weeks. I'm back to starting on Sundays. <laughs> There's a couple reasons. The first is that you get used to what you get used to, and it never bothered me to have the weekend separated. Mm-hmm. The second is that there's a lot of work going on in my offices on Sundays. So even though I'm not necessarily there, I'm still sort of working because I'm hearing what's happening from my team. So Sunday is sort of a work day for me. So I don't like to see what's happening in the office. I don't have those calendars up when I'm not there. But truly, my weekend authentically is Friday and Saturday. And Friday is one of the days we record. So I get Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, you get Saturdays. <laughs> yeah. It's you too, I know. <laughs> it's the exact same schedule. So we don't see clients ourselves on Sundays, but our practices do. And Pop Academy is happening. So we hear what's going on. 
The other reason I went back to Sundays is because I have a month at a glance calendar. There's nothing on it. It's like a whiteboard calendar that I have up in the office and that starts on Sunday. So what would happen is I would be talking to a parent. It's the third square in, which is Tuesday on that calendar. We'd both be looking at it and I go to my laptop and have to rearrange my brain. And I just decided enough was I gave it two weeks. Yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) You do you. Here's the other thing that kind of came up with the calendar stuff. And this came up a couple nights ago because I created yet another Google Calendar Mm -hmm. for Adam and I to share. We have some stuff going on. So there's a lot of dates and stuff. And he, (laughs) so my personal calendar and my business calendar, they sync with each other, which yours do as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. The colors do not sync. Correct. Yeah. Have you gone through and made it so that they're uniform between the two? Mm -hmm. You've done that. Yes. All right, that's going to go on the would-be-nice list. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't like the colors that it automatically chose. Guys, if you're not familiar with Google Calendar, you can change the colors and to whatever you want on the rainbow spectrum. You can change the colors of the calendar itself and then the color of the event. This is important. I think we both do the color of the calendar, not the color of the event. Yep. And the color of the calendar... When it automatically chose for me, it chose not happy colors for me. So I didn't like looking at it. And every time it would open, my calendar was like a burgundy. And I was like, oh. Mm. And if you don't know me, guys, like I'm Easter colors, guys. So that's not your color. It was like, oh, to me. So (laughs) I'm actively not Easter colors. I don't like pastel, but you do. You're fall colors. Yeah, but it's okay. I know what to buy you when I buy you stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty clear, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I changed it because I couldn't stand looking at it and it would make me like every time I saw it. So Steph, how did you do it? Did you just put them side by side each other? For a couple of them I did. For a couple of them, I could just eyeball and it's close enough that, you know, a shade or two off, but it still looks like the same color. Right. But you can also put them side by side and just copy and paste the actual color number. So what we're talking about is after you've created a calendar, you go to the three dots on the side. And let's preface this by saying this is accurate as of October 4th, 2019. Fair. Because Google Calendar can do something. And you go to the three dots and then you have like a bunch of color choices. You probably have about 30 choices. But then there's a little plus sign at the bottom and you can go and select the gradient spectrum. All the colors of the rainbow, basically. If you put it on a color... It'll give you the color number and you can just copy and paste it. Yeah. Would be nice list. You do you. A lot going on right now. That's not going to happen in 2019. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Steph, calendaring, we get a lot of traction on that in the Facebook group when we talk about it. I have a lot of parents who still use a paper calendar and they think it's best. I'm sorry to interrupt, but they think that's the way to go because we all were taught when you write it down, it goes into your brain more than when you type it down. Yeah which we could go back and forth on that. Right. But also, even if that's true, and in some circumstances, yes. Okay. I agree with that. But I don't need to remember that I have a dentist appointment on January 21st. 100% agree. So I don't need to write that. And that's what we're trying to train our clients to do, which is create and put a system in place and maintain a system That doesn't require them remembering all the things. That's the Mm -hmm. whole point. Exactly. So I love calendaring. In my old past life job, 
I used to spend a lot of time preventing forest fires in that job. There was a lot of moving pieces with a lot of people. And I used to just look at the calendar and anticipate things coming up. Yep. I enjoy it, actually. So I do that a lot now because I don't want the office to get double booked. I don't want somebody not to be able to be where they're supposed to be because I can see everyone's calendar. Exactly. We don't want to skip an episode by mistake on the podcast. Yes, because we know we write every episode. We need to make sure we have time yeah, to record yeah, every episode, yeah. but too. But occasionally there's slip-ups, guys. Yeah. But, yes, all of the things. So I look at the calendar and I make changes to it constantly. And I know what colors I need to pay attention to and what colors I don't. So the thing about that is that on the left in Google Calendar on your computer – And you can do it on your phone, too. You can uncheck a calendar and not be able to see it if it doesn't affect you or you don't need to be looking at it constantly. So an example of some calendars that we might uncheck because it's not pertinent to what we are currently doing would be the Google calendars of our teams. Yes. We don't always need to see all their sessions because it doesn't necessarily impact our schedule. Right. Yeah. So sometimes that. Sometimes you can do additional calendars on Google Calendar. I went to USC. I have the USC football calendar and I can check it. I have the Cal football calendar, which is, you know, better than USC. Yeah. yeah, uh Uh-huh. And um, sure. Well, at least we haven't been caught cheating. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so... I uncheck that one. I have the Jewish holiday calendar. I have the Jewish holiday calendar, too, and I uncheck it. Sometimes it's checked, sometimes it's unchecked. Let's dig into what a calendar should be used for, and then we'll talk about our pro tips for it. So what a calendar should be used for? Looking forward. And that's what I was just talking about, about scanning and and knowing what's coming up and knowing any breaks you might have or any appointments you might have. Things that are coming up so that you can anticipate. And you can use it to evaluate time management. Rachel often does this. She'll have drive time in her calendar. Yeah. And... I don't have to drive as far, so it's not really relevant to me. But for you, it definitely is. Well, what will happen is someone will book a call for the practice because let's say I'm getting coffee with someone from 1130 to 1220 because my calendar is set for 50-minute increments. We will be talking about that. And what will happen is it will appear free on my system for signing up for a phone call. And then so I'll have coffee from 11 to 1220 and then a phone call at 1230, Mm -hmm. which doesn't Mm -hmm. work because I can't get back to a computer usually in that amount of time, which causes me to leave the coffee early. So we try really hard to give myself a buffer. Yeah. And everything pretty much in the South Bay is 10 minutes. So it's okay for me. So I don't have to worry about that as much. But for most people, it probably is a situation. So putting drive time in might help. And it really helps with lowering stress because you know what to expect, right? This is what we talk about with our students. It is incredibly common. I would say at least 90% of the calls we get, there's some sort of learning issue or academic interference, but it's always accompanied by anxiety Mm -hmm. and stress. Mm -hmm. And parents have different feelings about putting their kids on meds, but we find that creating the calendar and helping them take control over their time And then we've talked about in other episodes how to take control over your stuff. We'll link that episode in the show notes as well. But once we've taken control over their time, suddenly the anxiety completely reduces. I mean, I see kids walking out of my office and they just take a deep breath. Yeah. You know, that like, oh, yeah, the release of like, okay, now I know what my plan is and I can tackle it. 
So another basic principle of calendaring, which is what we were talking about a little bit earlier, is your schedule should not be something you have to think about. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Steph, ask me what I'm doing on Monday. You have no idea. I have no idea, but I'll be there and I'll do it all. (laughs) Because I look at it the night before. You know what? You know what gets funky with this system is sometimes I'll look at the calendar like around 9 30 10 o'clock at night the night before to kind of figure out what my day is going to be and you know when you have those days where like your hair has to be done and like straightened yeah not for me but yeah I understand yeah yeah and sometimes you put on more makeup or whatever or you're going to look a little bit nicer yeah that's a bummer when I realize at 9 30 the night before oh yeah and usually I'm like gotta go shower now <laughs> to get it done <laughs> So Steph, what should the goal of calendaring be ultimately? Ultimately, it should be easy and seamless and low maintenance. And when you are feeling stressed, it's getting that stress off of you because you can put everything down and you don't have to worry about it anymore. So for example, Mm -hmm. I haven't been sleeping this week because what Adam and I have going on right now is that we're moving and we kind of don't know when. And I was talking to you yesterday about this stuff because we have so much happening, particularly in November. Yeah. There's like three days that it looks like we'll have a window to move. Uh And it's very likely that it'll be only one or two days. Yeah. And I haven't moved since 2011. Yeah. So this is a big shift for me. But I'm trying to exert some control over an uncontrollable process by trying to plan the move. And last night, I just said to Adam, because we are talking about it again, and about when we're going to start packing. And it's sounding like he's comfortable basically living in boxes for about a month. Yeah. You say, yeah. But for me, that's a long time to kind of be discombobulated. But I said to him, it just sounds like I'm going to have to have some cognitive flexibility on all this. (laughs) You are. He's like, we'll get it done. Yeah, you will. You'll get it done. You're going to help us move stuff? Depends on the day. You want to come over and help me get rid of stuff? I'll feed you. Can we do it on Zoom because I need to get rid of stuff too? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we can. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Uh, Oh my gosh. Anyway. You need a buddy to get through the more uh, boring tasks, right? It's so true. Otherwise, I don't do them. Right. All right. Let's get into it. We have about nine pro tips here, yeah. but I have a feeling it might end up being more. Yeah. As we're chatting, one of us will add something to the Google Doc. Totally. But Steph, why don't you go ahead and remind everybody of number one? This is Rachel's favorite thing. and I use this all the time. It should be written on the due date. So this... The assignment. The assignment or whatever it is on the due date. So I was doing this with a kid the other night, actually. Mm -hmm. And the kid was very insistent that he needed to put it on the day that it's like assigned so that he knows it's assigned. Yeah. And I said, okay, that's fine. But you also then need to put it on the day it's due. And because even though you complete something, it's not actually done until it's turned in. And I don't know about you, but I have a lot of kids that either turn things in on Google Classroom or eBackpack or turnitin.com or whatever Mm -hmm. all those things are. Mm -hmm. And they'll do the assignment and then forget to turn it in. Because in their brain, it's done. In their brain, it's done. We have an episode coming up in the next, let's say in the next month or so, because I'm not actually sure, about 
common objections that students have. We'll talk about that one. I just had this conversation with the learner as well. And a lot of wanting to write it on the day that it's assigned, it's a fear that they'll forget. Mm -hmm. So I allow as a transitional tool, a to-do list, but they cannot put it on their calendar because it gets confusing Mm -hmm. and crowded. And you're like, is this due or was this assigned? You don't ever need to know the date something is assigned generally. But go ahead and create a to-do list. And Steph has ways of doing that in Google Calendar that she'll share. Uh, This is one thing Rachel and I do differently. I use reminders from the native app. So in Google Calendar app and on your computer, you can put something as a reminder instead of an event. And I use that because if I don't get to it on a certain day, like let's say tomorrow I need to pick up dry cleaning, let's say, mm-hmm. and I don't get to it tomorrow, it will show up the following day and every day thereafter until I mark it as done. So if I don't mark things as done or I don't get them done, it starts to look like I've got a lot of things that I need to do and it keeps me accountable because I need to mark it as done. And once you mark it as done, it's like that check off that in mm-hmm. the old school to-do list, right? So I love mm-hmm. that. So for my learners, a lot of times it might be, you know, if something is not necessarily due or has to be on a certain day, but it's something that they need to do this week, right? They need to talk to a teacher at some point. Mm-hmm. They need to go turn in their PE uniform mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. I'll have them put it as a reminder and it will keep showing up until they actually do it. I don't do it this way. No. I just give myself a due date and it gets done on that day. It's not common for me to push something off to the next day if I've written it in. But that's also because I have a great awareness about how long it will take me to actually do something and what else is going on that day. So what I do is I just put it in as an all-day event. And in the rare occasion, it doesn't happen that day. I will just drag it to the next day. And you can put repeating events. So for instance, this podcast we release on Tuesdays. And on Mondays, I have put the podcast up Yep, every Monday as a reminder. Not that I ever forget, but just in case, it's there and I have to mark it as done. Yep. So number three on our list was repeating events. We love repeating events because that's how you automate things. Oh, makes it so much easier. So for our purposes, let's say, Steph and I have a repeating event on Mondays and Fridays to work on the podcast. So that Mm -hmm. could be a writing day, a recording day, sometimes a both day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what we're talking about, Steph kind of editing through and making sure that we hit both things for each episode. And then for the podcast, I have a reminder or a weekly notification set up. It's a weekly all-day event because that's how I do reminders for myself to make sure that the show notes and the email are done. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do miss that, though, and then I get a text from Steph (laughs) saying do it. But, Steph, I want to tell you I had some free time the other day, Mm -hmm. and I went through a bunch of upcoming episodes and wrote a bunch. So, Well, that's exciting. But I do see that the show notes aren't done on this episode yet. So, but the email is. Cool. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) The next thing is we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but having multiple calendars with different colors versus several colors for one calendar. Mm -hmm. And we're both really big fans of the multiple calendars because 
for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. But you can uncheck things. You don't have to remember what color means each mm-hmm. thing. It's less decision making. Well, not only that, it doesn't tell you. You don't have a key right next to you. Right. When you are changing the colors in one calendar. So I don't need to remember that tests are red and, you know, turning something in is green. I can see, for instance, if I need to do something for this particular thing or that particular thing because the color is designated just for that. Do you want to give an example of some calendars that we've created that people might not have thought about? Oh, okay. I'll go through. I have our boss lady calendar. Mm -hmm. We have a group of four of us who meet every couple of weeks to talk over business stuff and, you know, chat. And, And so that's a calendar we have. I have a joint calendar with Adam. I have a joint calendar with Adam on this move. I have a calendar for each of my team members. I have a money calendar. So... When bills are due and stuff, I never have to think about it. A lot of my stuff is automated, but it's nice to know. Mm-hmm. If we've moved money around and need to move money back, like that's the calendar I use. Networking calendar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a podcast calendar. When I was getting married, we had a wedding calendar. Yeah. Steph, what do you got? I'm not using it currently, but I've got a social media calendar. I meet with each of my team members twice a month, so I have a calendar that I invite them to for meetings. Okay. I've got one for each of my team members and... Oh, the local school calendar. I have a local school calendar, exactly, because every district down here has different days off and whatnot, so I put that in. Same. And one for my office. And yeah, I could probably have a few more. I just haven't done it. (laughs) I should probably go through and delete the wedding calendar, but... What does it matter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not slowing the car down, as my dad would say. it's not. It's not. Uh, We had written, Rachel, update my calendar. (laughs) I already gave you all the update. Yep. Here's a pro tip that I do love. I love speedy events in Google Calendar. Steph, I'm not sure how you have it set up. but So the standard, when you put an event into Google Calendar, it's going to make it a 60-minute event. Mm -hmm. All my events are 50 minutes because I've selected that setting called speedy events or speedy meetings yeah rather but the reason i like it so much is because our sessions are 50 minutes you could do 45 minutes or you could do a half an hour depending on what your life looks like you could do like 25 minutes instead of a half hour yeah yeah right there's all sorts of options i actually really hate when google calendar gives me a reminder because it's so integrated into my life I don't need a reminder to look at my calendar and go do something. I'm keeping myself on task and I want my clients to learn that as well. So in Google Calendar, when you're first creating it, it defaults to send you a reminder or like a pop-up on your screen or an email about 30 minutes before an event starts. And so if we don't set it up at the beginning to unclick that, meaning you go into the settings of Google Calendar and you say you don't want reminders for new events, mm-hmm. then what happens is they get a bajillion emails a day for all the reminder emails mm-hmm. for each event that they have. And here's another pro tip that we used to do, and I forgot to put it on here. I don't do it anymore, but you can have Google Calendar send you your day 
yes. in the morning. Yes, I don't do that anymore either, but I used to. So I found that I was checking it the day before. And by the time I got that, here's what your day is going to be like email, I already knew it. Yeah. So it wasn't pertinent for me, but that's a really cool thing to set up if people are good with email and you need that kind of notification reminder to set up that daily email. Yeah. We talked about changing the colors of the calendars Mm -hmm. at the beginning. You can use any color you want, you guys. Mm Mm-hmm. And then this is, I think, something that you and I do a little differently. So mm-hmm. Native Calendar is the calendar that has your name. You can't actually rename it anything else, which is a little bit frustrating. But I use the Native Calendar usually for my clients for school things because that is the calendar that pops up when they are inputting a new event. So if they have more things outside of school, then I'll do the native calendar as they're outside of school or whatever calendar we're making. I let them decide. But most of the time, the native calendar is going to be the school one. And then I make an additional calendar for outside of school stuff. It doesn't matter. I do do it the opposite. So the native calendar, so whatever their name at gmail.com, you automatically get a Google calendar. That be, for me, I usually tell them, that's your personal stuff. Let's create a school one. And one thing that I forgot to say is that, you know, we've talked in episode two about how to put the year into your calendar straight up in the beginning of the year. As soon as you get that kind of like global year at a glance, all the dates off and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. What you can do if there are multiple calendars is you can unclick all the calendars. So you only have the one calendar that you're going to put things on. Mm -hmm. So if you have that school calendar, that's what you're doing in that particular moment. And then rather than having to go and select from all the calendar options, it'll just put it on there for you. That'll be the one selected. That saves me a lot of time. Yeah. So to each their own, it both ways work well, I think. So yeah. So those are some tips. (laughs) I would love to hear if anyone else has some tips that we haven't discussed or that they do that we need to know about. I know there are ways of doing like shortcuts in Google Calendar. Oh, yeah. I don't know those. I don't know those either. I haven't found – maybe I don't know that I need them. So <laughs> you guys can always respond to today's email if you're on our email list and let us know if there are other Google Calendar pro tips. But better yet, when this episode goes up, we'll throw a question into our Facebook group, which is called the Smarties of the Learn Smarter podcast, asking – did we miss anything? Yeah. Let's help each other. Yeah. I love it. Have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week.